Are you ready for another Bruce Willis classic? Well, if you like Die Hard, then get ready for Die Harder. Oh, yeah. This time, there's a plane, and Bruce Willis isn't looking like he's having a good time. <laughs> Starring Bruce Willis and other actors <laughs> in Die Harder, the Die Hard sequel nobody asked for. <laughs> but everyone wanted. Exactly. Uh, yeah, we are talking about Die Hard. We are. Die Two. Hard two. Or Die Harder, as you nicely yeah. put it. Yeah. It's always a shame that they didn't make Die Hard die with Hardest. a vengeance. Die Hardest, yeah. Well, I swear there was like a game or something that called it Die Hardest. But, oh, actually, no, no. It was Die Hard, die hard Vendetta, the game. The hardest right. mode was called Die Hardest. Oh, that makes sense. I think. Yeah. Something like that. It was stupid, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we are talking about Die Hard 2. We are. And yes, it is an unnecessary sequel. But it, it's great. It, it's still good. Don't, don't kill us. It's still a good film. We love it. But like the third one, which I think is actually slightly better. The third on one's more necessary mm. in terms of. Where I think what we're going for with the unnecessariness is more the plot, um, or the fact that uh, you could take. Um, this film doesn't is not a continuation in the sense mm. of, it doesn't follow straight on. Like the end of the first film, he gets back together with his wife. Spoiler alert, and he saves the day. So you, it doesn't really set up for a sequel, mm. probably because they didn't know if it was going to be successful or not. Yeah, um, uh, I think. Well, we're, we're, let's just go straight into uh, why it's an unnecessary sequel. Might what well about socials, man? What are you doing? We've already started the talk, but fuck it, socials. First one, go. R- 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 rewind. Facebook dot com forward slash the the the, the that the the the, the Dan for 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 film sh- 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 show. Twitter.com forward slash down film show. And Instagram. That damn film show with underscores and underscores. (laughs) (laughs) Sounded really depressed about that. Anyway, welcome to that damn film show because we haven't done that part yet. Yeah, hello, hello. Um, Why is it unnecessary? Because it's basically a retelling of the first one at an airport. He's exchanged a tower block for For an an airport. airport. He's exchanged his wife for his wife. (laughs) He's exchanged terrorists. For, for terrorists. terrorists. He changes tank top for uh, winter clothing. Oh, yeah, he is slightly differently dressed. Yeah. Is there a bit where he's in his tank top? I don't Probably. think so. No, I think that's the third one, isn't it? And uh, the, T- the T-1000's in it. Yeah. For like half a second. Yeah, it's like the shortest cameo. Yeah. If it was even a cameo, I think he may have just been an extra. And Did that come out first or second? Oh, uh, Die Hard said? 2 is 1990. This is a year before Terminator. Oh, there we go. So, yeah, yeah. he was probably just unknown. Maybe someone was reviewing the footage and saw him in that one scene getting shot and was like, that's the man. That's the new Terminator. <laughs> that's the liquid metal Terminator I've been looking for. Um, well, well, yeah, it, it's also unnecessary because unlike the third one, if you if you took out... If you t- let's say one to four, I know no one says the trilogy, but if you took out the third one, you're missing what some about the beautiful fifth one. The what? <laughs> Get out. <laughs> That's truly an unnecessary. Yes, sequel. we 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 could have done Die Hard Five. We could have. But it's not Christmassy. But it's not Christmassy, this and this is, is our semi Christmas episode. We brought those hands together. We wanted to replicate our Christmas last year. Mm. But we'd already started a season. And we ended up with too many film releases that we couldn't actually finish it in time for Christmas. So this is our one Christmas special yes. for 2021. Yeah. Plus it's 
to fill that Christmas anyway, so fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh, no, 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 no. I didn't feel Christmassy until you watched Die Hard 2. Until I watched Die Hard 2. <laughs> Everything else pissed me off. And then I was like, ah, oh, sweet, sweet John McClane killing people in an exactly. airport. Exactly. Who doesn't want that? And yeah. then the Die Hard song, which you would have heard at the beginning of this podcast, which got me slightly jollier. But you know. Anyway, Die Hard 2. Um, what was I talking about? You said about how it was unnecessary. How it was unnecessary. I think I've covered it. But yeah, oh yeah, that was it. Uh, so the third one kind of takes plot points that have already happened. Yeah. Like Hans Gruber's son is in it, and son, uh, brother, isn't it? Brother. Oh no, somebody. Um, somebody related to Hans Gruber. That's it, a spoiler. For you the third one. You don't find that out until like the third one halfway through. <laughs> yeah, but they've seen the third one. Yeah, most people have seen it. Um, if you haven't, what the fuck is? Guess what? There? There's explosions in the second one. <gasps> what have I done? <laughs> <laughs> um that's it ruined it's it's a film that if you remove it it has no impact on the story of the third or the first no because nothing happens in it it's, it's almost like a side story yeah you know if, if it was a tv series this would be like the filler episode although there's technically more more references in terms of it it rehashes kind of things but i i guess that's the point of it sort of like a semi-remake because mm. you've got um, the famous lines, um, apparently, because the first film, which this is really interesting, and I can understand why. We may have even mentioned this when we talked about Die Hard 1, uh-huh. but he ad-libbed a lot of his dialogue, Bruce Willis. Like, all the stuff where he's talking to himself um, and kind of... A lot of the one-liners, I think, were ad-libbed. Sorry, my mic is falling apart again. That's all right. Yeah. Uh, so for this one, he... Get in there, you bastard. <laughs> For this one, he got in there, the bastard. Uh, he did more one-liners. Um, well, he ad-libbed more, um, which I can kind of see. Um, I'm almost there. Oh, this is a bit tired. <laughs> this sounds so wrong to anyone listening. Uh, yes. That had to. Who saw it? I think I'm sorted. I forgot what I was trying to say now. Yes, have I. Uh, you ruined the moment. I'm sorry. I had to tighten my knob. I mean, my Wee. dial. I mean, my nut. I mean... The metal bar thing that keeps the microphone in place. Yeah. yeah. Sexy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Moving on. Yeah. Because I can't remember what I was talking no. about. It is, it, we, although it's unnecessary, doesn't mean it's not a good movie. No, but not it, at all. it is definitely unnecessary. You, you, you didn't need to make a Die Hard 2. It's also not based on a book or anything. It is. It is based on a book. But You're kidding. It's not based on a book by. So the do- oh, it's not like a continuation no, of that character in the story. So, which is really interesting, it's based on, I think it's a French novel called 58 Minutes. Nothing to do with Die Hard franchise, mm. as in not to do with the first book. I can't remember what that's called. So the character in the book is not John McClane. And so they took the idea, they mm. must have asked permission, I guess, and then the character in the book, I can't remember the name, for the film they changed. It's like another guy meeting his wife and kid at the airport. All right. So for this, they changed it to John McClane. Hmm. Uh, that would probably explain cool. why. What about the third one? Is that based on a book? I would imagine the third one isn't because of the because conti- it's continuing Continuation things. Continuation of the character. And it's the same director as the first one. So maybe it was his Idea input. Whereas the second one is a different director. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, right. Well, let's jump into our usual. Yeah. Actoring. Actoring. Main man. 
John McClane is pretty AKA... much the most main character in like. Uh, unlike the first, well, I suppose this one you got the villain, but he's not really as memorable as. No, you could yeah. never beat Alan Rickman. Although no. I do like um, is it Will- William Sadler? I think. William yeah, William Sadler. Bill Sadler. Hi, I'm Bill Sadler. <laughs> yeah, I think he's very good. Yeah. Um, in a kind of like quiet, menacing way, but I do agree with you. He's not the same impact <laughs> as Alan Rickman, aka Hans Gruber, of going a little bit red in Helsinki. You've gone a little bit red in Helsinki. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, it's not that he's bad. It's just, the I think because Hans Gruber was such a memorable villain. Yeah. He's got a lot to sort of live up to. But. I mean, even uh, Jeremy Irons doesn't match uh, Hans Gruber either. In uh, fact, I think William, although on reflection, I think Die Hard with a Vengeance is a better made film mm-hmm. in terms of, I think, it's better put together film. I would say that I think the bad guy in this is better than the bad guy in the third one. Yeah. Because I think the third one, the Jeremy Irons is too similar to Alan Rickman. Mm. It's quite nice to have a different type of villain. And I don't even remember... Oh, yeah, it's Timothy Oliphant in the fourth one. Mm. And he's a good actor, but he's I didn't find him very good in that. And then the, the Who fifth Who the fuck one? was the guy in the fifth one? <laughs> I think I've erased the fifth one from my memory. Yeah, I, I saw it once. The only bit I remember is a bit where they fall through into a pool. That's literally it. Oh, and a bit where Bruce Willis is suddenly racist. Uh, there's all sorts of weirdness, and there's like a helicopter bit which just yeah. defies physics. I remember that. Whereas Die Hard 4, he drives a police car into a helicopter, and that was cool. Yeah. <laughs> Just about, yeah. Just, just about pulls it just off. Just about pulls it off. Um, but yeah, uh, it was a good villain. It's just, I I think that the premise of it isn't quite as thrilling as the first. Because no. it's almost gone. It, it makes the classic mistake of going too big for the sequel. Like the first one's quite self-contained. It's in one building, mm. mostly shot on one floor, except Bruce Willis is going around different floors in it. Um, whereas the second one's across an airport, on planes, constantly coming back and forth between them cutting back between the um, airport tower and the airport itself. It almost goes a bit too far with it. And then obviously third and fourth go further. Um, but the, yeah, I, I think, I think that's kind of why the villain doesn't really, isn't really as memorable. He's almost got too many goons with him as well. Oh, definitely. This apparently this has got, this surprised me. This has the highest body count of any Die Hard film. You think maybe five getting stupid or four would do more. This has got the highest body count. Hmm. So maybe it's because in the later ones, it's more explosions. You don't actually see maybe yeah. people getting shot. I suppose they just went for more of the same, really, and lots more of it. Yeah, and also with this, <clears throat> I think there is that idea of, although he's not made to be a Superman, he still gets beat up, hmm. which is cool. Like this, He still feels fairly human, but he does feel a bit more invincible yeah um i think the whole thing with the first one like it's such a big thing where he runs across the glass barefoot yeah and think obstacles like that almost becomes a survival movie the first one oh, whereas definitely. this one's pure action movie yeah there's a there's a bit with the ski like a ski chase and he jumps on the ski yeah and uh he's firing the gun and i'm like how did no one hit him yeah like <laughs> he's really out in the open um, yeah, and that's and there's not even a a reason because there there is a point where it would explain 
why he doesn't get hit. But yeah. at that point, he should have got hit. He should have got hit because, yeah, they, they were using the right thing. So Yeah. yeah. Um, so there's that. And weirdly enough, I think Die Hard with a Vengeance, although the scale's huge, mm. um, there isn't actually that many bits where I thought... Um, and it kind of self-contains it to Samuel Jackson, Bruce Willis, and Jeremy Irons. Yes. You know, whereas this, again, it spreads itself a bit too thin. Yeah, and it has more of a, like, um, with the first one, it has that kind of cat and mouse feel to it. Because in the first one, he's constantly, a lot of the time, he's running away from the goons. Because mm. he's, like, moving up the floors and down the <clears throat> floors and just trying to stay alive. Yeah. Uh, in the second one, he's a bit more of a an, a one-man army. And then the third one, they're traveling around. Oh, where is it? Is it Philadelphia? <coughs> New York, isn't it? I thought he was based in Philly. I think. Hmm. Oh well, wherever it's yeah. based, there's a lot of driving to and fro, and they've got to get to these places to the yeah. Bombs. So he kind of gives that rush effect from that. Yeah. Um, there is cool moments in this film, though, like the plane crash and everything is very cool, and it still looks amazing. Oh yeah. I mean, it, it's got to be a real plane. It looks too realistic, and it looks it doesn't have that cl- that model look of looking no. slightly too small. Well, we were saying, weren't we, that a lot of um, old planes that have been kind of decommissioned. Mm. They just sit in these kind of abandoned shutdown airports, basically. It must be an interesting job, though. Today I'm going to crash a plane into the ground. Yeah. On purpose. Yeah. <laughs> must be like, quite fun. But yeah. then also nerve-wracking because you've, you've got, one got one shot. chance to get it right. Yeah. <laughs> Literally one shot. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, I was going to say... Although this is arguably not as good, well, it is not as good as the first one. I would say it's more Christmassy. There's a lot more snow. There's a lot more snow, but it's because it's a blizzard. I wouldn't say it's necessarily more Christmassy because the first one they're at a Christmas party. Yeah, well, th- what's your definition of Christmas? Because I think it had this has the white Christmas to it, and it true. And, but would you say Groundhog Day is a Christmas movie, and that's full of snow? Well, no, that's a Groundhog Day. Thing. Exactly. So it's not it, the snow doesn't make it Christmassy. No, 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 no. So, yeah, but the, it has all. It does have other indications. It's Christmas, so it has all the indications that the first one does, and it's snowy. But like, it doesn't have a Christmas party or a Christmas tree. It has Christmas, and songs. he doesn't go ho ho ho. It has Christmas songs though. So does the first one. Yeah. <laughs> have I have I stun, stumped you? No, <laughs> I still think this is more Christmas. I can see what you mean. Uh, I think for me, it kind of hits with the. Like he's going to pick up the mother-in-law from the airport and then the cops giving him a ticket and he's like, oh, it's Christmas and all yeah, that. Yeah, it yeah. kind of reminds you more that it's Christmassy. Whereas the first one, it's just set strangely at Christmas. Who goes to an office party at Christmas Eve, I've just realized? Um, not think better to do? Well, maybe that's the only chance they get. Maybe, but Christmas Eve? Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I can see your point, but I think the first one's more I think it's what you associate. I think... the. the because of the time of year Christmas is, especially in this country. I know mm. it's set in America, but it's fucking cold. <clears throat> and I, I'm not particularly Christmassy. So that's more what I associate with this that time of year mm. is the, the like. And the, this film, one of the things it does is make you feel really cold. So like yeah, when, he, when he's, he's always out, wrapping up. Yeah, he? when he's out on the airstrip and he's like <clears throat> bleeding from like a head wound and he's uh, <clears throat> kind of in that puffer jacket, mm. you do, you feel that sense of coldness yeah and it is quite grueling i mean that's what the first and the second do really well is 
everything's basically against John McClane. Mm. And in this one, the weather's also a factor. Yeah. So they use that effectively. I mean, it is a very well put together action film. Yeah. If the story is the weakest bit, Mm. because it's kind of like you say a remake of the first one yeah but what saves it is it's really nicely shot solidly directed yeah mclean again is on top form yeah but i mean Uh, sorry bruce willis Willis Willis. i mean bruce willis bruce willis in the first one he's really 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 trying because i think this is like his that was like his first big film pretty much or for, yeah. like first like action movie i think so yeah um so he really wants to give it his all the second one is kind of like i've made an established character everyone likes them i can carry that on the third one they change it up a bit and he's an alcoholic and everything and he's kind of washed up so they change it up a bit by the fourth one he's clearly kind of just in it for the money oh yeah and by the fifth one my god the pre-interviews for that film Oh if really? You, if you if you ever seen his one show interview, no. Die Hard Five. The, what the one show? Yeah, I didn't even know. Clearly, it was on clearly that. didn't give a shit about Die Hard oh, Five. Wow. He clearly was like, yeah, it's, uh, it's Die Hard Five. And I was like, oh Jesus, why did you make it? And why are you doing a sixth one? Yeah. Oh God, yeah. Why is he doing a sixth one? I wonder what um, they call it. Die Hard. Because well, the last one was a. a Good day to die hard, wasn't it? Live free or die hard was four, but only in America. Stupid. Weird. Uh, die hard six. Uh, I don't know. Fucking hell. They'll probably try and bring back a character from the second one or something. Die hardly in it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like his heart. Die ha- really dies in this one harder or something. <laughs> um, but yeah, he he's really good in this one. He he he's he, he's almost like. He's a more confident version of the first one, and he yes. doesn't get quite as injured as he does in the first one. It's realised. Not quite. No, because in the first Almost. one he gets like bleeding, cut up feet, shot like multiple times, and yeah. yeah. Whereas this one, I don't think he ever gets shot, does he? Um, I don't think he gets. Sh- I can't remember. He perhaps gets put in more peril a few times because he's like inches from getting shot. Yeah, the scale's bigger, so yeah. the danger because obviously they're like, you know. He's around airplanes. Yeah. Like you said, there's a lot more goons. Um, uh, I feel with this, I've just realized something as well, that they kind of repeat something from the first one. And they do it in the third, really. The first one, he's a he's the cop in the hotel, and the cops outside of it don't believe what he's telling them. Yeah. The second one, he's a cop from out of town, so they won't help him. The mm-hmm. cops in New York, wherever it is. No, Washington. Washington, yeah, yeah. And then the third one, he's a washed-up cop that nobody likes. So again, the cops don't really help him that much. Yeah. Although the cops are definitely more involved in the third. Yeah, he's an underdog. Yeah. That's why he's a likable character. Um, but yeah, again, Bruce Willis is really good. Um, the villain's really good. The other main actors, really, I suppose William Atherton playing Thor- uh, Thornburg, the reporter. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, he's good. He's, he's basically very... the same character as he is in the first one, but he is. he's good. He is. Uh, I think he's even. I think he's played a bit more for laughs in this yeah. one as well. Uh, he's definitely more of a comedy comic relief in this one. Mm. And I like how um, Bonnie Bedelia, who plays Holly McClure, yeah, or whatever her. Yeah, I think she's back to McClure in this one, isn't she? Uh, no, uh, McLean. Yeah. McClure. Who the hell's McClure? She, she changes at the end of the first one and yeah. the second one at again. The start of the first one. And then, strangely, the third one, she's divorced him. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, it, they're funny films because they don't really 
they miss out a lot in between yeah with what's going on with his wife um and i do miss like what i liked about the first one was it's way before any of the action happens but him having a bit of like a row with his wife yeah that makes the characters again a bit more realistic a bit more realistic and you don't have that in this one but what you do have is her relationship to thornburg because mm. they end up being on the same flight <laughs> and it's really funny yeah because he's scared of her uh yeah. oh yeah yeah because because he's got the restraining order on her yeah. from after the first one they do get the comedy pretty good in these films yeah like yeah, right up until com- three i don't remember four being very funny no maybe, four was more just a pure action film again i think maybe that's why it lacks it because yeah. they, they're kind of like the lethal weapon films in a way um a bit straighter i'd say lethal weapon is much more going for comedy but i think with die hard four if you'd only ever seen Die Hard 4, you'd be amazed to hear that Bruce Willis is known for his comedy roles. Yeah. yeah. Like, Die Hard 1, yeah, you can see it. Die Hard 2 and 3, you can see it, although 3 a bit less. But Die Hard 4, you'd be like, why is he considered a good comedy actor? Yeah. <laughs> Especially now, like, in anything. Like, even in things he's supposed to be funny, like Expendables, he's just... Yeah, he's just... He's just deadpan. Like, yeah. But not in a good way. No. Nah. Luke, he is Looper, a deadpan. Looper was the last good thing I remember him being in, although I haven't, I don't know. Actually, he was good in Glass as well. He was good in Glass, yeah. but again, it's projects that he clearly likes. Yeah. Um, because Glass is, is not like Die Hard because it was never intended to be a trilogy. Yeah. And, well, as far as I know, um, and <clears throat> although M. Night Shyamalan is very hit and miss yeah i feel glass was actually pretty good yeah i i actually quite enjoyed it um it's not as good um, as the first two no actually but... unbreakable <clears throat> best split is very good and it does it does subvert expectations and tropes oh definitely. it avoids all of them on purpose to yeah. almost an extreme level yeah uh yeah i thought it was pretty good i, I think i saw it about a couple of months ago now but yeah um but yeah i mean other actors bonnie well, bedelia's playing holly again and um, then you've got William Sadler, the the what is it called Stuart, the main baddie. Did we want to talk about him at the start? Yeah, briefly. Yeah. Um, um. But yeah, uh, Holly's basically playing the same. Well, she's playing the same. Obviously, the same character as the first one, but she's playing a similar position, but with slightly less peril. So, like the first one, yes. Like she gets kidnapped from them, and she's like always under threat from Gruber and everything. Whereas this one, it's more that she's on a plane. The peril does come in later. The peril comes a bit later, but it's her position is less perilous. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, all she does in the entire film is sit on a plane, fairly comfortable seat and get snacks. And then, oh, the plane's going to crash. Oh, no, it doesn't. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. basically the whole, whole storyline. I don't think they have maybe such a good plan for mm. her. Um, like, I, I like that she's in it. Uh, yeah. She And she does work well in it um but i think maybe that's why she's not in three because they hadn't didn't know what to do with didn't it know to, which may be a better thing if they're not sure it's better than putting her in or doing what they did with the later ones where they brought the kids in and they were yeah. just awful mm. um um and then you've got <laughs> got john amos which is uh grant who's one of the special forces guys oh yeah there's a, there's just a lot of um a lot of like people that aren't in it for that long yeah but they have like a significant part in it in terms of how they progress it like um dennis franz is the uh like uh the head the chief of police oh carmine yeah yeah 
he's quite funny he always funny. reminds me of danny devito every time i see him he's very yeah he's very danny devito um but yeah he's funny uh i enjoyed him as, as in from well like he's normally quite funny in his film um always getting in mclean's way he's kind of the uh was it the fbi guy or was it it was like the chief yeah i think it was the chief of police from the first one Oh yeah, Dio goes Doyle or something yeah, like yeah, that yeah. in the. In, oh no, he, he does that in the Mask movie, doesn't he? I I don't remember him being in that. I think is it the same guy? So the yeah, probably the chief know. of police in Die Hard. I think is the chief of police in the Mask. Hmm. I think I could be wrong. Um. <clears throat> uh. But yeah, he's funny. And then you've got got Franco Nero, who's Esperanza, who's the guy Stuart and his team are trying to. Um free he's like a he's like a general oh yeah oh do you want to know fun fact Mm -hmm. the country i can't remember the name of it which there which he's been i think basically he's been extradited from his country for maybe like war crimes or something Mm -hmm. but the country he comes from is fictional it's the same country I think the baddie from the Commando comes from, because John. <laughs> oh, you've directed the same John thing. John is the same director, so he's, he's made his own his own universe. universe. <laughs> Esperanza is very um, st- uh, just a stereotypical yeah. kind of corrupt general. I, I think that's kind of the thing that's different from the first as well. Is all of the villains were kind of like the first time that had been done in that way. Yeah. Whereas this one feels like it's just stereotypical villains or trying to repeat the villains of the first one. And I think also because um, it's in a tower block and he takes them on one at a time or two at a time, mm-hmm. there is actually a bit more development. So when the when the, the terrorists turn up here at the start of the first one, you see them setting up what they're going to do. Mm. And there's a bit of interplay between like the, the two German guys. Well, they're all German, aren't they? But no, they're not all German. The the two blonde German guys. Yeah. And then you've got the the hacker guy, and there's all it's all developed a bit. Yeah. This one I didn't feel that the goons are just goons. Yeah, yeah. and it's probably because they're quite they're quite quickly expendable. Yeah. I mean, John Leguizamo's in it. Was he? Yeah, he's Burke, and you would barely know he's in it. And you know the reason why? Mm. Because uh, a lot of his scenes were cut, and he was dubbed. Because apparently, where was he in the film? I can't remember him. Uh, there's a scene where they set up in a church near the airport, mm-hmm. and he, you can see him in the background of a few shots. Oh, right. And a few early on at the airport. Yeah, I literally, don't remember seeing him at all. <laughs> but a lot of his stuff got written out or cut and stuff. That's a so. shame. Yeah, which is it, the villains. I think William Sadler's probably the strongest. I think he's quite yeah. good. Um, and it's a weird thing to say, but he's doing like naked Tai Chi at the start. Oh yeah, but I think that's it's quite good because it it it's so strange to see that it's it's slightly kind of menacing, like the way he does it. Ah, and that's why he's able to fight McLean on the plane. Yeah, yeah, because he's like martial arts. McLean. Do you, do you reckon that's what they were doing? They're like, how can we make a sequel? To They're just Hard starring McLean, and then some guy walked in and went, "Oh, that was a long plane ride." McLean, plane, get me a pen and paper. <laughs> Or imagine Script if he made. just went McPlain. No, sorry, McPlain. <laughs> Mc, Mc, oh, I nearly said McCain. <laughs> McCain. Got chips in there. That's the fifth. That's the sixth one. McCain meets infiltrate, McLean meets McCain he chips. Has to infiltrate a chip factory. <laughs> it's all set at a chip factory. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Um, 
Yeah, I don't think we really need to talk much. I mean, you've uh, got you've got the cop from the first one. Al. Um, Al. Al. Al Pal. Al Pal. I love his fit picture on IMDb. Yeah, it's That's great. Such a it? jolly picture. But he he's uh he's a nice little cameo. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of kind of homages to the first one, um, and I think that's both good and bad. I think what's oddly enough, although <coughs> it's the same director for the third one, and they have the Gruber connection, mm. it feels like a different. Film. It's more its own film, and mm. I feel like it's better because of that. I feel yeah. like this maybe rides the coattails a bit too much of the first one. Mm. Um, yeah. Still a good movie, just still great. Probably didn't need to happen, but then again, you wouldn't have got the third without it, and the third's pretty good as well. That's true. Just because um, it's unne- it's unnecessary in terms of a narrative standpoint, and uh, it obviously from a money side of things, it was always going to happen. But yeah, I think if you've got no uh, set plan, like if it's not an adapt adaptation, or you haven't written a sequel like a continuation, anything is unnecessary. Mm. But that doesn't mean it can't be done and it shouldn't yeah. be done. I mean, I think the cinematography is really good in this one. Yeah. There's a lot of, um, so they do this thing where I was talking to a friend of mine about, I think he was talking about jungle cruise he said one of the problems with it is he can't watch. he's only watched so much of it because there's so many cuts. Yeah. And it's very, um, kind of uncomfortable to watch and just overload. <coughs> what's really nice about this film is that you'll go from like a mid shot so say john mcclain's behind two people and he'll go from that mid shot and zoom right up into his face Mm. not only looks not only avoids the trap of constantly cutting but it's it builds that tension Mm. and if you do it fast enough it creates um kind of the it it, it gives like a a lived-in space feel yeah you know I think um, it's pro- what Spielberg uses yeah. to, to signal danger. He'll sometimes just do that slow zoom in mm. or even fast zoom in. I think uh, a prime example of bad editing and with lots of cuts is Iron Fist, the Netflix series. Oh, yeah. Because you watch Daredevil and the fight scenes are very long shots, mm-hmm. very, very clearly a very good stunt actor who's doing his job right and lots of heavy kicks and everything like that. Whereas you watch Iron Fist season one and every time someone's about to connect a punch, it cuts. Yeah. Every time they're about to connect a kick, it cuts. It looks bad. And that's that's a, that's someone directing action who's not directed action before. Yeah. Um, which, fine, everyone's got to start somewhere, but it was just very obvious. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, this Die Hard doesn't have that because I don't know what the guy directed before, but he he did a very good job of the action scenes. They're very good throughout. Um, the one with... T-1000 man, Robert Patrick. Um, that's a really good fight scene. Oh, yeah. And then the... Even, like, the ski chase and everything is good. Yeah. But for the life of me... I, oh, and then the final scene as well on the plane. Exactly. That's very... It's all very You remember well it all. I think if you can remember it, mm. it's a sign of a good, a well-shot film. You can follow the action. There weren't any points where it's like, oh, who am I following now? Like, what's what's going on? Mm. it's all smooth um and there's something really satisfying i do like occasionally having shaky cam and stuff Mm. but when something's just steady like it's framed steady Mm. all the way through again i go back to spielberg but he's a perfect example of a director even now he'll make films which are just 
there isn't <coughs> sh- there isn't shakiness to the camera it's yeah just it's an old-fashioned way of filming and it can be really satisfying to watch yeah definitely <laughs> i knew what he's gonna do he's gonna claw my leg You're, not on purpose cat but... just fully put put his claws out then not bruce willis this is my yes cat. this is his cat <laughs> this is my cat <laughs> although your cat could be called bruce willis um i think that's it music wise it's kind of similar to the first one there's some christmas songs in there there's some dramatic opera in there occasionally yeah it's um it accompanies the film very well yeah um and is is used well to build the tension uh to heighten the suspense and and action yeah um and sound effects and the good explosions are good gunshots are good yeah nice meaty yeah like there some stuff looks a bit dated when people get shot yeah but proper massive squibs in this yeah but this I, i don't know at the same time it's and again, the plane crash still looks awesome. Yeah, yeah. I might have to look up how they did that. Yeah, no, that was very impressive. Mm. Even the bits, you know, and the bits where they're fighting on the wing, that must have been a yeah. nightmare to film. Yeah, I wonder how they, again, I wonder how they did that. Because it is moving, so. Could be moving very slow. Yeah. It's always interesting when they do shit like that. Or, yeah, I'm not sure. Some form of trickery. And plus a man gets blended up by a jet engine. That's always a good time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's this is a very violent film. Yeah, but then the first one was violent. In, yeah, in a, in a I think the first the first one's like violent in a slightly different way. Mm. I can't I can't really explain how, but it's almost like this one is violent due to the excess of violence, whereas the first one's violent due to the shock of the violence. Like when he gets shot, it's when when Bruce Willis gets shot, it's quite like a visceral like blood splatter sort of thing. Yeah. Um. Whereas this, when people get shot, it's less like less over the top but that's a lot more of it yeah you know um yeah i think that's pretty much it yeah we there's like one spoiler yeah it, there's a good twist in yeah. this film and we'll get we'll, we'll, we'll talk that about will be the one spoiler pretty but much it'll, it'll only be like a minute but you've probably all seen die hard too by this point yeah <laughs> if not it's a perfect time to watch it exactly. christmas it is you can watch one and two yeah they both take place on Christmas Eve, and you can just pretend that they happened a few hours after each other. Yeah, and you can watch them over Christmas, and then you can watch Die Hard Free when Christmas has passed, because you can watch that whenever, and then, and then just stop watching them. You could watch Die Hard 4, but definitely don't watch Die Hard 5. No, maybe be slightly drunk, watch 4, and then yeah. just burn a copy of 5. Exactly. Um, and that'll keep you warm over the cold cold winter. I mean, it's, it's a better track record than The Matrix, which is, where hey... Uh, oh god and then probably the fourth <laughs> we don't know yet shit. yeah it's I'm, probably shit <laughs> i'm scared i know i'm gonna have to watch it but we i'm are. scared i'm just hoping that it will somehow subvert my expectations but i mean that's literally the job of the matrix but yeah i don't know we'll see anyway one more person's opinion oh yeah who's it gonna be this weekend <laughs> could be anybody fucked if i know Maybe it's something Christmassy. Maybe it's not. That would be good. It could Reveal! Be... No. Good. Okay. Good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your uh, festive joining us of this podcast. Yeah, it's always nice to have another person's opinion. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Whoever it could be next time. Who knows? Who knows? Anyway. Thank you for listening. Thank you. We'll discuss our one spoiler. And then I really want to watch freaking Hawkeye. 
Oh yeah, we've got to do it. Last so, episode of Hawkeye. So we'll uh, also say Merry Christmas. Indeed. I'm not really that keen this year, but Die Hard Two has helped. Mer- so. Merryeth Christmas. Yeah. Yippee ki yay. Mm, Merry Christmas. <laughs> Merryeth Christmas and Yippee ki yay New Year. Yeah, let's go with that. that. We'll be fine. We'll be fine. Uh, anyway, the spoiler. Go now if you don't want to hear it. Is the cool blank. John McClane kills Santa? He does kill Santa. <laughs> that's that's Die Hard Six. He slays him. <laughs> die Hard the Slayer. Die Hard Slayer. <laughs> um, and Mel Gibson could be the fat man. Yes. Boom. Sorted. Because I think the producer of these was on Die Hard. Maybe John McTiernan produced uh, Lethal Weapon. There is a connection mm. between these two because. Mel Gibson was originally going to play John McClane and Bruce Willis was originally going to play whatever his name is in Lethal Mo- Weapon. Morta? Mar- Mort- no, that's um, Danny Glover's character. Yeah. Riggs. 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 So they were going to play each other, which is quite <coughs> interesting. That's weird. Yeah. And they both did turn them down and went for the other. Good choices. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, exactly. It's like they knew. Yeah. Oh, naggy. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, the one spoiler. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the cool twist that the terrorists do with the... Can I wait for you to explain it? <laughs> they have sex with Elsa. No, I mean, um, <laughs> they switch the... So there's um, John Amos, which is the head of the SWAT team yeah. that are enlisted. Were that Are they... They're, no, they're, they're special they're, forces. They're brought in, yeah, to bring but, down the terrorists. But... Yeah turns out they're secretly working for the terrorists or with the terrorists yeah and uh in order to make it look real they swap their real bullets for blank bullets with like different colored tape on their clips indeed so it looks like a real fight and then they almost get away with it if it wasn't for that dastardly <laughs> bruce willis i mean john mcclane well do you want to know something interesting i've got all the trivia for this film Go on. apparently with those type of guns you couldn't just do that Apparently, when you switch from a blank to a live ammo, there's another thing you have to do. Like, yeah. it doesn't... You can't just take out the magazine. There is some mm. reason to it. They do use those those tape yeah. in training to di- dif- differentiate. Yeah. I can't talk properly. But it's not that simple. Mm. Um, it doesn't work instantly. There's something else you have to do. Also, there's a bit where he says... One of the terrorists says the Glock gun he has is undetectable by metal detectors. Mm. That's bullshit. Yeah. But they get away with it because the gun is not real. So what a Glock? Well, his version of the Glock. Oh. So he says the Glock such <clears throat> and such mm-hmm. is being designed specifically to avoid metal uh, detectors. Okay. So it's a version of the Glock that doesn't exist. That doesn't it, exist, okay. yeah. Oh, good, which yeah. is which is better than them taking a real Glock yeah. gun and then making it up. So yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much the only spoiler bit. Really. John McClane saves the day. Of course. He saves. He snows a lot. He simultaneously takes down the terrorists, <clears throat> saves his wife, puts all the uppity airport control people in their places. And he gets rid of his parking ticket. Oh, he does. Because <laughs> it's the season for forgiveness Indeed. and multiple shots. And the fact that the cop that was the chief of police kind of owes him his job so yeah <laughs> easiest thing he could do yeah i mean he could do a lot more to be honest yes you well, know like maybe put in a good word for mclean so champagne yeah yeah i don't know a couple of beers yes. anyway 
Thanks for shit. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Live long and die hard free. Free heard. <laughs> uh, our next episode, I think, would just be normal time because it's not New Year's Eve or anything, so it should be fine. Oh, what? <clears throat> what is next, next Friday. Friday? The thirtieth, I think. Either way. Oh, it's New Year's fine. Eve, but um, it's when this comes out. It's Christmas Eve, so I believe we have thirteen listeners according to Ooh. our Spotify. So. Hello, thirteen people, whoever you are. Hello. Don't know who you are. I have a couple idea who a few of you are, but not all of them. Yeah. Some of them are in America. That's more friends than I have, so it's going to be some <laughs> people I don't know. Well, some of them, it says some of the listeners are in America. So to our American listeners, hello there. Hello there. How's it going? <laughs> anyway, have a good Christmas. Merry Christmas. Whatever else you celebrate, or if you celebrate nothing, get to work. <laughs> because that's normally what they do, because there's like triple pay on Christmas Day if you that's work. That's true. I mean, even people that celebrate Christmas norm- yeah, sometimes yeah. work over Christmas. So. Not me, though. No, not McGubbins. The only thing I'm working on Christmas Day is a beer, and some cider, and some other drinks of other kind. A turkey. And, a t- and turkey or chicken. Or w- whatever we're having. Some kind of meat. <laughs> some potatoes. Also, Christmas Miracle, our boiler broke, so it really would have been a it cold been, Die Hard 2 thankfully podcast. Thankfully, it got fixed in a day. Yeah. My God. By John McClane. I mean, by the boiler repair people. Indeed. I suppose there's only one way to sign off a Die Hard 2 Christmas themed podcast. How's that, Phil? Yippee Kai Yay. Mother, Mother Christmas. <laughs> Wait, okay. Yippee Kai Yay, Father Christmas. <laughs> Yippee Kai uh, Father Christmas. Uh, Yippee Kai Yay, Motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, yeah.